Hello, Doug Brown joining Brendan Stone today on Unusual Sources on CFMU Radio uh, 93.3 FM or online uh, globally at cfmu.msumcmaster.ca. Well, um, today we're going to uh, uh, look at, again, the uh, uh, is Israeli-Palestinian issue. Uh, and, and we got a couple of events uh, coming up right here in Hamilton. Brendan did a promo for them in last week's show. But uh, today we have one of the organizers of a tour by Leah Tereshansky. She's a, a, a Russian-Israeli um, film director, and she's uh, put out a very uh, interesting, uh, uh, profound film uh, addressing a, a subject that's been pretty taboo in uh, Israel, and I might add also, I think, in the, in the Western world, the uh, displacement uh, uh, of uh, Palestinians from their land back in ni- beginning 1948. Uh, so, um, Leah Tereshansky is... Uh, uh, touring a number of places across Canada. She's going to be in Hamilton twice, and uh, the tour is sponsored by Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East and also Independent Jewish Voices. So we have on the line one of the organizers from Independent Jewish Voices, Diana Ralph. Hello, Diana. Hi. Well, uh, thanks for joining us today, and um, uh, I I think that maybe we we should start with uh, more background on uh, Leah Tereshansky, uh, um, you, you know, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, Leah? Uh, yeah, Leah is amazing. Um, she was orig- she was born in Russia, and um, where as a as a young child she experienced a huge amount of anti-Semitism. Where, for example, she was called the Jew. She was the only Jew- Jewish kid in her class, and and was. Uh, her mother wasn't allowed to go to university in the, in the field she wanted to go to because she was Jewish and things like that. Um, when Leah was a teenager, they the family moved to Israel, and um, Russian immigrants uh, in Israel were sent usually to um, live in the settlements. And so they lived in Ariel, which is, I think, the largest of the settlements in the West Bank. And um, be, and the Russian immigrants were eager to prove themselves as um, loyal citizens of Israel. So Leah grew up in a totally uh, Jewish-Israeli um, society, where she uh, she just she basically was oblivious to the situation of Palestinians. Um, when she was university age, she came to Canada, where she met her first Palestinian. She said the first Palestinian she met, she was amazed that he wasn't a terrorist and didn't want to kill her. Um, she was that ignorant. And, um, and she also met a bunch of progressive Jews like me and other people who quickly educated her about that there's another side to this story. Leah was shocked and... and um, to realize how oblivious she had been. So she she started moving back and forth between Israel and Canada, and she became a journalist for the Real News Network 
she's amazing. If you go on her on the Real News Network site and or on any of her, just um, Google Leah Tarachansky, and um, her her videos and her programs are incredible. She's she's been she's done lots of stories, for example, where there are guns, uh, bullets flying past her as she's trying to have a phone call with her sister at home, worrying about what. Um, what dishes to purchase <laughs> for her wedding, you know, things like that. So she um, she got to meet a lot of Palestinians. She spent a lot of time in the West Bank, and, um, and she realized that at one point she, she, she was, when she was visiting in Ariel with friends again, she realized that she heard the Muslim call to prayer um, and realized that she'd been listening to that sound all her life, and had been um, uh, and had never heard it before. It had just been, you know, like bird song or something in the background. And she realized that, <coughs> excuse me, that the town, that there was a Palestinian village, literally at the foot of the hill of Ariel, where her Palestinian friend lived, which had, whose name had been wiped off the map by the Israelis. And she hadn't been able to find this friend, but she realized that's where he lives, in that village. And so anyway, that, that was her life there. And she took it upon herself to start um, trying to do really serious journalism to, <coughs> to expose what she calls collective denial by the Israelis, um, you know, in, in Israel, it's now illegal to even talk about the Nakba, which is the word they use for, it means catastrophe in Arabic, for when three-quarters of the Palestinians were driven out of their homes in 1948. Um, that's, that's one example. All of the, you know, hundreds of Palestinian villages that had been destroyed at that time and in the War of 67 and, and continuing... Um, what the Israelis do is uh, bulldoze down these villages that had been there for hundreds, sometimes thousands of years, and um, plant trees over them and give them to the Jewish National Fund or give the homes to Israelis and change the names so to just wipe out the existence of Palestinians. Actually, on that point, uh, there there is a, a, an unfortunate Canadian uh, connection to that process, isn't there? With uh, there is. Canada Park, and, and that's right. So Canada Park is um, built on the ruins of three Palestinian West Bank villages um, and their farmland, and uh, the people were completely peaceful. They hadn't caused any problems. And the Israelis came in and um, threw them off their land, took it over and in 1967, and bulldozed down the buildings, including killing several elderly people who were still left in the buildings, um, and um, planted a, a park on top of it with the help of $15 million per year of Canadian tax-free dollars. So one of the things Independent Jewish Voices is trying to do is to challenge the Jewish National Fund's charitable status and to expose that war crime. Yeah. In any case, Leah came back, and she made an amazing film that you're going to see, which is called By the Side of the Road. And she also is, um, on. we're touring her right now, doing a talk called The Rise of Fascism, Israel in the Age of Trump. 
and I went to see it last week, and it was mind-blowing. Well, and and actually we in Hamilton here are going to have a chance uh, to, uh, uh, I think we'll see both. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. on uh, March 3rd, uh, she's going to be... Uh, the film, uh, showing the film, and then uh, discuss, discussing the film a- after the showing at the Barton Stone United Church, which is up in the mountain uh, uh, near the intersection of uh, Upper Upper James and and, um, and Stone Road. Uh, now that event begins at at seven o'clock, but then um, ten days later, March thirteenth, uh, there is an event uh, right here at McMaster, and. Uh, that's where uh, uh, the th- she'll be looking at uh, the rise of fascism, and, uh, and um, actually a presentation is entitled "Israel in the Age of Trump." So, mm-hmm. looking at both uh, both aspects, uh, and uh, people in Hamilton uh, uh, can get out to uh, to both to both events. So, maybe you can t- tell us a little bit about this this the the second event on March thirteenth. Uh, thir- the fascism um, talk. Yes. Yeah. Um, Lee had noticed that um, she'd been reading a, a book by um, Umberto, let's see, what's his name, um, Umberto Eco, on, um, about fascism. And Umberto made a list, had a list of about 14 characteristics of what he calls or-fascism, which is uh, universal, ongoing fascism that, of course, characterized the Nazi regime, but also... Characterize, uh, characterizes what he says is basically the slippery slope that leads to Nazi-style fascism. And she went, in her speech, she goes through each of those elements with amazing videos that she has taken um, or has translated from Israeli news stories showing um, thugs, uh, shrieking death to the Arabs and and uh, showing images of uh, T-shirts that shows a pregnant woman in hijab uh, in the, in um, crosshairs of a of a rifle saying two for one, you know, mm. killing pa- uh, Palestinians children is is like killing terrorists. Um, it's a cult of hate. It's a cult of tradition. It's an anti-democratic cult. <clears throat> Um, uh, it's anyway, she went through every single one. I can go through the various characteristics if you like, but it's, um, it's, it had a spellbound. And, um, normally people talk for, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour. She talked for over an hour and we wanted more. And, um, so that was that talk and it's chilling. And I, I think, um, especially in view of Trump and things that are happening here in Canada, it's um, it's quite scary because Canada has a, uh, a security pact with Israel that brings in Israeli uh, experts to train our police and our uh, prison system people and our immigration people in how to do the same kinds of things that they're doing in Israel. Yeah, that's uh, very disturbing to, to mm-hmm. think that, uh, I mean, it's disturbing what's going on in Israel right now, but uh, to think that uh, we we can send uh, police over to be to be trained in these same tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, actually, we just, uh, I just, this is a little off topic, but I'm, I've been working with several people to put together um, a, a, a national survey of Canadians about their attitudes about Israel-Palestine. And what it shows is that Canadians overwhelmingly um, have a negative view of Israel. They think it is not anti-Semitic to criticize the Israeli government. And um, we're about to release some findings as of tomorrow that show that Canadians strongly support uh, applying sanctions on Israel and boycotts of Israel. And that's in sharp contrast to what the Trudeau and before that the Harper government have done, which is uncritically support Israel completely. Yes, both uh, the federal uh, parliament and the provincial uh, legislature passed uh, resolutions uh, really trying to... uh, Condemning, uh, condemn, con- con- condemning people that support BDS. As, That's right. As and a, what we found is that overwhelmingly, like 90% of, uh, actually, no, it's, I think it was, it was a majority, and 80% of Jews even uh, didn't support that idea. Didn't, uh, uh, they opposed the idea of condemning BDS activists. Yeah, so well, how does there's a huge disconnect? We, we supposedly have representative government, mm-hmm. and and you know the survey shows that the pub the public, uh, uh, well, the way I should put it is the parliamentarians seem to be way out of touch with public sentiment on this issue. That's right. That's one of the things that we're hoping to show, and and also to show to part of the reason for touring Leah is that she has been there. She's been there on both sides of the conflict, and she's been here in Canada. And she speaks with passion, but also uh, great compassion for Israeli people and and, um, great love for her country. But definitely, um, she's basically calling out the serious danger of rising fascism um, heavily influenced by Israel. Yeah, and you know, I, I, in fact, you know, the very term being used in the boycott, divestment, uh, sanctions movement is is uh, you know anti-apartheid, mm-hmm. uh, the system, the former system in South Africa, which uh, did did end. And um, you know, I, I keep thinking, uh, how many how many white South Africans regret? You know the the removal of apartheid. I'm sure. I'm sure it's universally accepted now mm-hmm. that that this this was probably one of the best things that happened to the country to to remove the apartheid system. This it's really bad for Israelis too. It, uh, Leah was uh, pointing out that because every Israeli child eventually has to be serve in the military, um, there is a huge um, uh, epidemic of suicides and PTSD from these young idealist men, idealistic men and women going off and committing atrocities and then having to deal with it. And what the Israeli government has done is um, it's, there's an organization called Breaking the Silence, which is um, composed of veterans of the Israeli Defense Forces um, confidentially talking about the atrocities they committed, and um, 
Israel has criminalized the the organization and has refused to allow them to publish their results. Yeah, another sign of pet fascism, mm-hmm. you know, the total elimination of dissent, of dissent. Right. Yeah, my, my goodness. Um, okay, so uh, uh, just, um, y- you know, on this point of this disconnect between mm-hmm. the parliamentarians and, uh, and, and the public at large, like, uh, it, we, ca- we can't just talk about Trudeau and pre- before him Harper because uh, uh, e- even the supposedly progressive NDP... Uh, uh, um, has a process. I, at least they they have up till now. I hope it changes. Mm-hmm. Where if if you wanted to run for the party and you were on record as having ever criticized Israel, they would not accept your nomination. That's correct. And yet, what we found in the survey is that the vast majority of Liberals, NDP, uh, Greens, and Bloc supporters are on side with Palestinian rights. And even conservatives, about a third of them or more, are on side with Palestinian rights. And they're, they're sort of equally divided. So it's quite shocking that the NDP um, hasn't dared to take a principled stand. The Greens have, um, but even so, Elizabeth May has been reluctant to... Um, point out that over 90% of the Green Party members who voted on a resolution supporting sanctions and boycotts, um, 90% of Green Party members in Canada voted in favor of that resolution. Yeah, so, you know, and and Elizabeth May, I I guess guess, uh, what they finally came up with was uh, BDS without calling it BDS. That's Uh, correct. Yeah. But it was interesting, you know, I think, I don't think Elizabeth realized that there was such overwhelming support for Palestinian solidarity, and the Canadians understand that we have to stand in solidarity with our First Nations, um, and also with the First Nations of Palestine. Yeah, in fact, uh, to me, I, I see so many similarities, uh, you know, uh, two settler states. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Canada, I mean, our process began long ago, uh, but really not that long ago. I, I, can, remember, uh, I can remember my mother, uh, who grew up in rural Saskatchewan, mentioning, you know, the uh, Indians and Métis living on road allowances. When, when I saw mm-hmm. the title of the side of the road, I immediately thought b- back to that exactly. I- Canadian experience. Yeah, I grew up in the uh, U.S. South, and when I, I first moved to Saskatchewan, I was, it was called Mississippi North, and I was thinking, this is worse <laughs> racism than I have even seen in the South, in the U.S., um, so, yeah, it's very similar. And right now, uh, I'm involved with several uh, First Nations struggles. Um, the Barrier Lake Indians, for example, uh, the Algonquin, are fighting a copper mine in Quebec, which is trying to um, expropriate their land. And uh, Trudeau has supported the Kinder Lake, uh, Kinder Morgan pipelines, you know, which First Nations people are opposing which is going to wreck their land and then of course there's the tar sands so it's the same process of settler colonialism uh thinking that corporations can walk in and you know take take whatever they want and 
throw the people off. Yeah, just uh, no respect for indigenous rights. If That's people right. People there have just lost their their right very un, un, uh, unfairly. What um, Naomi Klein has pointed out, though, is that we've re- we're reaching the stage where everybody is indigenous, except for the top 0.1%, that mm-hmm. all of our land is in jeopardy, and that we have that when what we need to do is stand in solidarity, not just with Palestinians, not just with First Nations, but with everybody to protect the earth. Right. I like the uh, term, you know, universal declaration of human rights, because human right. rights have to be for every, uh, everyone. Exactly. Yes. Yes, indeed. I re- uh, you know, thinking, too, again, uh, again uh, with uh, the comparison to uh, the displacement of our Aboriginal people in North America, uh, uh, I remember uh, talking, we interviewed Bob Lovelace a, mm-hmm. a, a few times when he uh, went over to Gaza with the uh, um, uh, relief boat mm-hmm. and and he you know uh, I think he and more and more of the Aboriginal communities are, are, are seeing that they're you know the, the the process is very very similar that's right the Standing Rock um, First Nations Sioux are um, <laughs> sending messages of solidarity to Palestinians yeah so, so it's, it's the same struggle yeah, very good. Okay, so I'll just go through the details again for our listeners. Uh, so uh, uh, it, we have uh, the filmmaker, uh, and she, she, boy, she had, she was the director. She was the writer. She wrote uh, and directed. Uh, and plus by she, the side of the road, yeah. Yeah, plus she's she's one of the subjects of the film. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a very autobiographical. <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. So. Uh, um, anyways, uh, uh, by the side of the road, uh, Leah Tereshansky's very personal history of the dispossession of uh, Palestinians from their land. Uh, it's going to be uh, shown uh, this Friday, March 3rd, Barton Street United Church uh, and um, at, at 7 o'clock. It's uh, $10 or pay what you can. And then 10 days later, March thir- Monday, March 13th, uh, 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 Leah is going to be back in Hamilton. She'll be speaking at uh, McMaster University. This time she'll be talking about the rise of fascism, Israel in the age of uh, Trump. That event begins at 6 o'clock on campus, and we haven't got a, an actual site confirmed. It's supposed to come out today. So our listeners, if you just go to our uh, our website, uh, Hamilton Coalition to Stop the War, uh, it, it, you can find the exact location on on campus. Both events uh, proved to be very, very interesting. And um, so, Diana, uh, thank you very much for joining us and and uh, um, uh, describing the, the film and and uh, Leah Tereshansky's uh, experience and background. Um, and uh, again, I encourage uh, our listeners to uh, uh, go to both of those events. So um, that was uh, Diana Ralph. She spoke to us from Ottawa, and uh, this is CFMU Unusual Sources. We'll be back shortly after these messages.